Hi there, I'm Neil Salas Griffin. I'm a teacher, a former founder, and a former mayoral candidate in the city of Chicago, and currently the managing director of Techstars Chicago Accelerator, where I have the honor of helping young companies grow and flourish. Each week, we bring together a rotating cast of high-powered and provocative guests to talk through the most pressing topics of the moment. It's a free-form and unscripted conversation from the Techstars Podcast Network. Let's go! All right, so we're back with talking through it. Good to see you, Jason, my man. Likewise, Neil. Yeah, it's the been a man, while. And the myth, the legend. It has been too long. It's <laughs> You're good talking to about yourself. You. You're talking about yeah. Yourself. Well, look. First, I mean, I, I think a lot of people know who you are, but uh, if it's cool, would you mind introducing yourself briefly? Sure, uh, Jason Freed. Um, people who are listening to this probably know me from starting uh, Basecamp or Thirty Seven Signals way back in the day, like twenty one years ago, and been doing that ever since and just launched a new thing called hey and written a few books and we're sort of just doing our doing our thing our own way you know just a few bestsellers here and there you know no big deal been in business for 21 years still standing it's all good we've been having fun oh man well well, look thank you for being here man i'm excited to talk through with you we got five great topics uh and it's always a good time talking through things like this with you so let's do it let's start with the good part all right because 2020 has been mostly rough but uh-huh. there is always a bright side to things. At least I like to see the bright side. You know me. Mm-hmm. So with that universal kind of like sentiment right now, of all the struggle, what's the single most positive thing you've seen in the startup world? Well, I'll broaden it a little bit to let's call it the business world. Yeah. Um, that a myth has been busted. <clears throat> and the myth is that you can't work anywhere but the office. Anytime a myth has been busted is a good day for me. So I love now that a year ago, a bunch of businesses, so like, there's no way we can work remotely. There's no way you can work at home. There's no way you can have Friday off to work at a co-working space. There's no way you can do any of these things. Now everyone's had the experience doing it and they realize that it's totally possible, which means that moving forward, people are going to have more options. And I love optionality. It's great for employees. It's great for employers. Employers can hire the best people they can find anywhere. Employees can live anywhere. This is a good thing moving forward. I'm really pleased that people now realize that remote work is possible, better in some situations, maybe not as good in others, but at least it's possible. That's a good thing. Now, see, because I came up with the question, I thought of this myself, and I actually had a very similar answer. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the world essentially having a forcing function to embrace technology. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, by proxy, essentially this notion of remote collaboration is now not something to debate. It's something that was required and necessitated. So I agree with everything I'm hearing. Now, now, given that, was there anything in particular that was positive for you or for your team at Basecamp that came from this? Um, yeah. Um, we, so we're an introverted bunch. Um, and so we've been, we've been very comfortable working remotely for a long time. But historically, we've always gotten together twice a year for a week to do these meetups. We fly everyone into Chicago and we didn't do that this year, of course, because we we couldn't. And we really missed each other. Um, Like really missed each other. Um, We ended up doing a virtual meetup uh, a few weeks ago, actually, but it's not the same and people miss each other. And as, as like painful as that can be, it's a great thing to recognize and realize how valuable it is still to connect in person. Um, And it's funny because prior to this, we were thinking about 
going down just to one meetup a year because we thought two was too many. Um, and now we're like zero is way not enough. And one's probably not enough either. We, two is probably right. Maybe even more people really are craving getting together. So um, that's been a positive. I mean, it's, it's, it's negative that we can't see each other, but it's positive to recognize how much we all do want to hang out together. In, in and, and knowing your crew, you're a bit of a yo-yo bunch too. So that you'll, you'll get the two meetups, maybe you'll go three and then you'll realize, all right, let's go back to one again. So I'm, I'm yes. sure that might, yeah, that might be the case for your crew. Yes, yes. So like you mentioned, like being a crew of introverts and I, I, I find myself in alignment with that crew in many respects, but here we are on this podcast talking about these things. So how do you like, go about embracing having to like expose yourself more in the digital era, because I think what you guys have been doing as a business has really, you know, been highlighted this year. Exposing my, you mean, um, personally, but you're, you're out there, you're on Twitter, you're on, you're, you're, you're on like all the different like avenues right now to like let people know about what you're doing. And a lot of people are signing up for, Hey, so as I think about like technology and how it's being used, you guys are building a lot of the tech that people are really, you know, leaning on right now yeah i mean this has always been our our mo which is to share and and not keep anything to ourselves basically share as much as we can and lately i've been doing a lot of these these um q q a's on twitter these video q a's which was enabled by a new product that twitter has out that's not available to the public yet but they invited me to be part of it called twitter vit which is an app that's built to do video q a's so had I not had this app, I wouldn't be doing this. And, and so it's a great example of like technology comes into your life, makes something possible that wasn't actually not possible, easier. It's not right. that it was impossible. I could have done these. I could have recorded these videos and uploaded them to tweets. I just wouldn't have done it. So the fact that this product makes it really simple to do um, invited me and they invited me to be part of it. Like, and I'm enjoying it. Um, it's been really fun. And so I think, Whenever we spot, we run into things like that, um, we, we try to explore them and see, see what's possible and have fun with them. Um, I think at the, end, at the end of the day, it comes back to like fun. It, it can't be, in my opinion, it can't be like, I must do three tweets a week. I must write two blog posts a month. Like that Content strategy, is, right? Yeah, I'm not into that's the strategy. Not, not the strategy for me, right? Well, the strategy for me is like, enjoy it. And yeah. I can't enjoy things that I'm forced to do on a schedule. But if I have two hours, I will just do a bunch of video QAs. Um, or the other thing I've been doing a lot of is um, I, I, I tweeted something about this recently where I, I was annoyed that like every time I, people want to ask me to come on a podcast, like we have to schedule in advance. And like, whenever I have to schedule stuff in advance, I like kind of always regret it. Or I, it just, it, it's like paperwork. I just kind of it put it off. It weighs on you because you happen. anticipate it in the future. It's a burden. Yeah. But also just like even the act of scheduling something, mm. I, I just find it be like, it's like paperwork. It's like, I just don't yeah. want to do it. So I just said like, if you want me to come on your podcast, just email me. And if I answer the email, give me a zoom link. And if I answer it, I'll come right on right now. Like I'll just, let's do things right now is what I've been trying to do more of. Um, and so over the past week, I've done three, like right now podcasts, like someone just sent me an email with a link. I'm like, I'll jump on right now. And I'm enjoying that kind of stuff versus making it like this, thing we have to schedule everything has right. to be scheduled now so anyway i'm like uh, i'm with you jason we'll yeah. figure that out and i think this this actually carries uh, nicely into our next subject so you know technology and disinformation so mm. there's big news recently with the vaccine we've made a lot of developments in progress 
there's a lot of people saying that they won't get it though. And I know I've even talked to some people I know and they're like, Oh, I'm not sure about it. And I mean, it was super helpful to be a good buddy of mine, Mert Isery, who I think, you know, uh, you know, he explained it very, very succinctly and in a way that compelled me to like dig deeper to actually understand the science behind it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what do you think businesses should be doing uh, when it comes to either weighing in or contributing to awareness about the vaccine and its efficacy? By this, you mean like social media platforms, essentially? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are the big ones, but like yeah. us too, we have businesses. Like we think about this in the context of, you know, any, right. any type of business, like what's our responsibility and what role do we have to play when it comes to educating our team members, let's say about the vaccine. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I think from first on the social media side of things, like truth is hard to come by these days. And I, I don't know, I don't have the solution to how that changes it might just be an administration change. It might be a generational change. It might be decades in the making to, to get back to this place where people can really trust things. Um, it's hard to know. So I, I don't, it's a big hairy problem. It's really easy on the outside to be like, well, just don't let someone say this or don't let someone say that. It's like, it's kind of murky still. It's hard, it's hard to know. And anyway, I'm very conflicted on like right. censorship versus fact-checking versus slapping labels on things. I don't really know what the right thing to do is there. So I can't answer that. As far as like a company goes, like for example, should companies require all their employees to be vaccinated, for example? Um, there's, that's kind of a question that's out there. I, I, I struggle with that too. I'm not a fan of companies forcing people to have injections in, in their arm. I think, I think everyone should get the vaccine, but like I can't force my employees to take a jab in the arm. It's just like, but that's beyond my responsibility in my opinion. Um, yeah, it, like it, it instinctively that feels very off uh, it to, does. To, to mandate. However, I guess there, there, there are ways to facilitate awareness, right? And yes. encourage people educating themselves, giving them access to reliable and trusted resources. I'm sure you're doing things like that. Yeah. For example, if someone, one of my employees was to come to me, like, for example, there might be a point where we do get together. Well, there will be a point where we do get together again. And David and I will probably have to catch up about this. Like, all right, if we're going to have 50 or 60 people in a room together, do we want to make sure everyone's been vaccinated? Not like, what, what do we actually, what do we want? Like, what, what, how do we feel safe? What do we feel comfortable with? So I don't know where that's going to go, but if people are curious about like at that point, they're like, I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that. Or I've heard that. Like perhaps we can introduce them to somebody who is a scientist or an epidemiologist or a, a someone who's, who specializes in, in vaccine production and, explain what it is and why it's safe and, and, and lead by example and whatever. But at the end of the day, these are personal health choices and it's hard unless something's mandated at the state level. Um, I don't feel comfortable as a business owner mandating. Um, but there might be a situation where if we're all going to get together in person, certain for everyone else to feel comfortable, people have to be able to opt in or opt out of a situation. And they might say like, if you all want to get together, everyone here has to, do X, Y, and Z. Probably no different than saying like, if you have a fever, don't come to work because like this was two years ago. If you have yeah. the flu, stay home. I don't, we don't want you here. It's like not a, we don't want this to spread. So there might be something similar in that case. I don't know. It's a really interesting question. I haven't thought enough about it yet, but that's, um, it's a good thing to think about. I well, we're definitely going to find out in 2021. And, and that, I guess that's yes. overall a good thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm yes, certainly looking forward so. to it. It's been on my mind uh, a lot lately because of all the people that we're managing. And like you said earlier, yearning to get together. 
right? Exploring possibilities and protocols for how to appropriately do it. Um, Now, with that being said, there is still a lot of movement happening. And this brings us to our third subject. Silicon Valley is starting to shift their energy. Some of the companies that are there are moving elsewhere, namely Texas, some folks even to Miami. Uh, What do you think is going on? You know, we've got Tesla, we've got HP, we've got Oracle, and the list seems to uh, continue with these big headline announcements. And I'm sure a lot of smaller businesses are thinking similarly. What do you make of it all? I have, again, mixed feelings on this um, in no particular order. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed when extremely rich people and extremely rich corporations make moves to avoid taxes. Um, The reason people are leaving California is because corporate taxes and personal income taxes are quite high in California, something like 13 something percent at the high end. And so you've got people who are rich beyond all imagination who can afford to pay. They can handle it. They can handle it. But nope, they can't. So they leave Mm. and they go to a low tax state like Texas. Nothing wrong with Texas, by the way, at all. Um, Probably a great place to live if if that's where you want to live. But like this this tax avoidance thing bugs me. It bugs me at the highest corporate levels too, where companies have offshore companies and holding companies so they don't have to pay taxes. They pay taxes overseas that are much lower rate. Like this, all this gaming of the system it bugs me, but it bugs me, especially when extremely wealthy people do it. Like the people who can afford to do it and who can really help a lot of other people by paying significant amount of taxes, don't pay their taxes or, try, or actively avoid it. That bugs me. That said, all that said, I um, think it's great that companies are mobile and that people right. are mobile. And if someone wants to go to Texas or someone wants to go to Florida and the states get to compete with each other, ultimately, this is good. It's like competition's good in this case. And if, if Texas can attract great companies. Good for Texas. There's a silver lining there in, in that spirit, but I agree. And by with the way, you California might change because they might lose a lot of companies and then California may have to change. It's and, going to force them to respond and adapt to that. Yeah. At some point, what you don't want to see though is like, um, and what you see in consumer goods is you see a rush to the, the cheapest possible product, possible producer. And then there's, there's human rights that are violated in, in, that, in that way, where we all want 70 inch TVs for 699 bucks when we don't realize that that's because someone's getting paid a buck a day or whatever it is in horrible conditions to give us that thing. That's the problem when states compete. Well, it's not the problem when states compete, but it's a problem at some point when everyone's trying to compete for the lowest or trying to compete by squeezing everyone and everyone gets hurt, but then they attract some of the big companies. It reminds me a lot of um, when Amazon was looking for HQ2 and all these cities and municipalities Chicago were included. Yeah. Hundreds of millions or billions of dollars in tax breaks. Like this company does not need tax breaks. Amazon does not need tax breaks. So what ends up happening is they attract an Amazon. They give them massive tax breaks. It doesn't help the neighborhoods. It doesn't help people living in the city. It hurts people perhaps. And so they land a big company, but they hurt people and they don't help the, 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 the community. So that's the thing I don't like about it. But again, Mobility is great. Um, competition is great. So I'm all for it in that respect. The tax avoidance thing, uh, you mentioned that it bugs you and I could see it visibly. Like I, and I've seen it in the past with you as well, even in, in casual settings with friends who say, oh, well, if I take cash here, I don't have to report it. And you would react instinctively and say, don't do that. Uh, you need to make sure that you're, you're, you're paying up. So I wanted to check in on that because I, I, I agree with the sentiment. Uh, I just didn't know if it was coming from like a personal place. Well, I think that like I'm not, I'm not interested in maximizing my taxes either. 
Um, I think everyone should be paying a role to, you know, their fair share of taxes. And, and there's some things you can do to, to, you know, watch your tax payments to a certain degree. Well, but, you know how I feel about it. I think everybody deserves a receipt. So yeah, exactly. I'll get everybody a receipt so they know their tax money is actually doing some work. Exactly. So like <laughs> taxes are important. Everyone wants certain things, but people don't want to pay for it. Right. And this is how we end up with a situation in, in society, at least in the U S where, uh, a lot of people don't have what, what they need at the baseline levels. Ultra rich people get whatever they want and they don't pay a lot in taxes. I mean, they pay some, but they don't pay anywhere near what they're supposed to. There's been all sorts of discussions about this. I don't need to get into it, but um, I, I just, I don't, I don't like when I see people who can absolutely afford it, go through all these hoops, not to have to pay in. I just don't, I don't like it. It just bugs me. And it bugs me when companies like Amazon don't pay federal income tax basically. And they game this and they game that and they it, it, all just not to have to do that. And, and, and then other companies keep a lot of cash offshore so they don't have to repatriate it and pay taxes. It's like, I don't know. It bugs me. It just bugs me. Um, and no. when I, when I looked into this, Jason, I, I, I wanted, I, you know, I always love being the contrarian and looking sure, for the sure. other side of things. And I yep. know you do too. Yep. I, the, the point of view that I was seeing as the, as the alternative, like on one hand, yes, like tax avoidance is bad. At the same time, if you have a government, local or state or otherwise, that seems to be trying to exploit or, or take advantage of you and your business that you've been building there, it's like a really difficult dynamic to understand the nuance of what might be happening on the ground. Now, I don't know what's happening either way with any of these specific examples, but I, I can imagine that there, there's probably more going on underneath the surface there when it comes to what they're thinking about. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... Again, like this isn't about maximizing or minimizing. Yeah. To me, it's just about like what's reasonable, what seems fair, what, what's the law. And you could say, well, the law lets me do this and that and the other thing, but what's the spirit of it? I think it's more about the spirit. Um, and so, for example, Basecamp, we, we're paying income tax, we're paying state tax, we're paying sales tax, and all these different places. We're trying to do everything right. And it costs us a lot of money to do everything right, but we feel good. We can sleep at night doing that. Yeah. And so it's about, I think, to a certain degree, a certain level of integrity and comfort in the, in, in the fact that you're, you're doing what's right. Um, for example, I'll give you one quick example. I know we're going a little bit long on this. There used to be this, dedu- or there not used to be, there still is this deduction. I, I want to call it 199 or something, but I, I might be wrong on this. It's this R&D tax credit. And this R&D tax credit says, like, if you, if you figure out how much you put into R&D, you can deduct that from your overall tax burden or get a refund depending on how you've done it. And we used to do this. We used to do this thing. And this whole process was like, well, you break down how many hours you spent on this and that and the whole thing. And then, you know, you get a few hundred thousand dollars back or in savings or whatever. But the thing is the spirit of this was not about software development. It wasn't about the R and D for software development. It was about the R and D for mechanic, for, for, uh, for industry and for actually companies that have to spend a ton of money on, 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 um, on real or spend real capital on R and D to invent brand new things in, in big ways that those expensive. And so, so we as software I, developers at places like Basecamp don't need to necessarily like take advantage of this to, you know, save some money on the, you know, on our, exactly. Our so break. it's available and it's legal and it's totally above board, but the spirit of it to me feels manipulative or manipulative mm. when companies like us, like us, when we used to do this, we would do it. We would never feel good about it. We'd be like, why do we do that? Well, we did it because we saved a couple hundred grand. But at some point, we're like, I don't care about that anymore. That feels wrong to do, even though it's legitimate to do. 
So to me, it's more about the spirit of this stuff and not like, not the, is it five cents or four cents or three cents? It's like, what's the spirit? Why are you doing what you're doing? If you're, if you're actively doing all these shenanigans to not have to pay taxes, that just smells bad to me. Um, anyway. Jason, that's a, I mean, I think it's a perfect pitch for people to consider the spirit of, of, of their, you know, their taxes and beyond. So yes. I, I appreciate that. We and went and I also that. would say like, government is hugely inefficient in a lot of ways. Money is wasted. There's no question, but money's wasted in companies all the time too. This idea that like only the government wastes your money, you know, your company is probably wasting a lot of it too. Um, so yeah, there's waste all over the place. I'm not have to go around paying to a perfect system here and that, that, you know, whatever, but it's about the spirit of it. That that's to me what it really comes down to. Big. All right. Great pitch. And speaking of great pitches, let's talk about the evolution of pitches, because now people are starting to present companies and I'm sure you get pitches, uh, you know, from time to time from people. <laughs> and now that we're all virtual, there's some folks basically drifting away from decks and more towards, you know, more long form or written, you know, descriptions of what they're doing. And I know this is one thing you've always been known for. You introduce lots of things with letters, right? With yeah. new products, new visions for things. You'll, you'll post a letter on a website and it'll be really well-written, compelling, but also succinct. So what are your thoughts on how businesses should present themselves, especially new businesses? Yeah, I know you're a fan of decks. I'm not. So I don't like, I don't I like decks. I'm open. <laughs> it's cool. We all have different ways to do it. I, I hate decks. I don't make them. I don't like to read them. I don't like to look at them. Um, because in my opinion, they're not fluid stories. They're slides. And some people can maybe make stories out of it, but why not just write the story down? Why not just tell the story? Like, I just, I don't like the emphasis on the design side of a deck. I don't like the emphasis on the fancy layout of decks or terrible layout or whatever. Just write something up that I can read and understand and like write something that, that is fluid as if you're thinking it and speaking it. You don't speak in deck. You don't, you don't write in I'm deck. I'm taking this personally right now. I just want you to know. This is <laughs> I know great. You are. I, know I love you are. it. It's on air. It's awesome. So anyway, that, that's my feeling is like, I just, I, I, I don't like them. We don't do them at Basecamp. Nobody here. We don't, we don't have, we, ne we don't never write decks, never share decks, never pitch with decks. We write things down. We tell a story. We talk to each other. That's how I think you should do it. And frankly, every time I've ever looked at a business to invest in, um, I typically only do this for companies that, that I know, I know the founder I'm friends with or whatever. I just talk to the person. They send me a deck. I, I, I don't know. I maybe look at it. I don't even understand half of it. Frankly, I don't look at the charts. I don't, they don't mean anything to me. I want to hear, I want to hear the story. I want to hear from the person. I want to see if they understand what they're talking about. I want to see how they feel about it. I want to see what their body language is like when they're talking about, are they smiling? Are they excited? Are they leaning in? What, what, what are they doing? That, that tells me so much more than like slide 14 out of 52 with some chart that's up and to the right. Of course it's up and to the right. Like, yes. why would you put a chart in there that's not up and to the right? So Sounds it's like, like you should play poker, Jason. If you're paying that much attention to what people are doing, you might be good at it. That's where it all is. That's where it all is for me. Now that's just for me, but that's that's my take. So no, I, I think that's fantastic. Get better at telling a story and 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 get worse at, at like making slides. Yeah. And and if you want to have it both ways, then at least be great at writing it out first and telling yes. the story. Just use a blank canvas, write out your thoughts and make sure that that can stand on its own. If you decide to enhance it, add visuals, you know, meet other people's expectations with what they need. I know investors and LPs and other people like that need decks. So it, it, it makes sense to kind of consider these things to still meet people where they are from time to time. But uh, what you're saying resonates strongly with me as well. Yep. Cool. Awesome. All right. And last but not least predictions. So 
like we're at the end of the year. This is my final podcast episode for 2020. So mm-hmm. I'll be coming in large and in charge and coming in hot in January. But between now and then, this is my final topic. And uh, I'm grateful to be doing it with you, Jason. So with that, what single big change do you think we'll be talking about a year from now? Um, single big change. I don't. Or just one of the big changes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it seems like the pandemic will be under control next year, unless there's some surprise mutation, some surprise long-term vaccine data that comes out. Like, who knows? I, We're I, always I don't, ready. I'm always yeah, ready, man. I, I know you are. I don't, I don't, it, it all looks good, but who knows, right? So like, there can always be a curveball here. And um, I think we should just be prepared for that. But um, I think people are going to, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a positive wave that's going to come over people next year. I think when they're able to see each other again, it, to some degree, I think we're going to be wearing masks for a while. Like that's not going to go away. I think for quite a while, actually, but we're going to feel better as spring rolls around. I think the timing is going to be interesting. So vaccines are going to are starting to roll out now, but like for the majority of the population will be spring, maybe late spring, early summer, which is right when the flowers start to come up, when the sun starts to come out and warm the air. And I think people start to feel really good around that time. And this is going to be like a feel good accelerator. I think it's going to be a wonderful, exciting summer. So to me, the summer is going to be really special next year. I can hear why you might be a good writer, Jason. You're taking me to spring right now as I'm listening to you describe, you know, in, with such eloquence. This is fantastic. So, something about next summer feels like yep, I'm excited. all these things are going to come together. People are going to feel great because this winter is going to suck. It's going to be a really bad winter with, with, with virus, with loads, yeah. and with the, the waiting because there's a, there's a, there are vaccines, but most people can't get them for a while. So there's this yeah. like carrot that you can't get to. And it's going to be cold and dark for a while. And then spring's going to come. People are going to be, feel healthier and better. We're going to be over this horrible, horrible hump that we're about to have. And then summer is going to be special. So I think people are going to be talking about summer 2021, not something specific, but summer 2021 is going to be a wonderful time. Unless is that what you're most curveball. excited about? I am excited about, yeah, I am. I'm excited about summer. Um, yeah, I am. I am. I, I think, um, it's going to be, it's going to be special again, like could be curveballs, but I think it's going to be a really special summer. I feel similarly now. I, I guess in the, in the, in an opposite spirit, and I've asked you about this before. I'm actually really excited about the world embracing VR technology. Hmm. So I have a very specific thing I've been thinking about with this okay. because I know that it's something that a lot of people will kind of twist their head about or be unsure of. And I think even still, it's a very weird and, I don't know, just like discomforting notion for a lot of folks that I've talked to about it. However, with new technologies emerging, I think, you know, what Facebook's done with the Oculus, uh, you know, team and, and with the Oculus Quest is great. However, I'm excited for more competition and more accessibility because I think the, 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 the implications here for learning, for uh, training for uh, connecting people more in a, in a more like interactive way without having to actually physically be in person is very, very powerful. And I'm excited to see it finally like come into full bloom. And I think it's coming. Yeah, VR and AR have enormous potential. Um, it's, it's still, it's not convenient enough. It's, 
unusual it's, it's too, too unusual it's too yep. big and clunky and weird and 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 fringe but and also it's it's really interesting too because like every once in a while on my phone there's like an ar thing it's like see this in your room and it's like you do it and it's like eh, the promise is really way greater than the payoff you know yeah but you can tell at some point it's going to be great i don't know what it's going to be i don't know what the breakthrough app is going to be i don't know how it's going to work but i do know that for VR, AR seems actually quite a bit easier. It's a camera on your phone, kind of. Mm-hmm. VR with, with the set and the whole thing and how it looks and how it feels and people are, it's, it's weird. That, that still feels quite a ways off um, to me. But I agree that it's, I've, I've done it and it's, it's remarkable. Like it's, you just do it and you go, this is going to be amazing at some point. It's yeah, just at some point. <laughs> inevit- it has this feeling of inevitability that it's, it's so amazing. I just don't know what it's going to take to get there to the point where it's small enough, fast enough, easy enough just to throw on some glasses or something and do it. Or it might be a function thing. Cause uh, yeah. for me, Jason, I work out in VR. It's unbelievable, mm. but I've been using this app called uh, supernatural and it's, it's like, um, it's like I'm going to the gym. Hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, so check is this out. a, tell me, is this a, um, is this a, a virtual human being it's also a trainer or is it a what is it it's a little bit of a hybrid right okay. so think of it like uh you know like an exercise class like if you're doing like a cycling class or something like that except it's just you and the and the, and the person and then you're basically it's this the other game called beat saber so you're just swinging at these targets you're squatting through triangles and other objects and uh you're essentially getting a full body workout uh, and they're tracking your heart rate. You're, you're tracking your your momentum, your power. Um, it's it's. I, I can see the writing on the wall here, and I think we're heading in a direction where this type of technology is going to improve people's lives, uh, health and otherwise. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. I can so see that. So the last, I, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, no, I, 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 I'm glad that you're into this because you're always into stuff a little bit ahead of everybody else. So I'm trying, I'm, man. I'm trying you're to stay be ahead the of the one curve. Who I'm going to turn turn to and say, hey, Neil. What's cool right now? Because I'm, I'm a little bit out of it. Well, you know what? Uh, the fact that I get to work with all these new companies and a lot of these founders are fairly young, it keeps me close to the ground with these things. But yeah. I'm starting to get a little further away. You know, we met 10 years ago or so. So back then I was the guy to talk to. You were six now, years old 10 years ago? Is that yeah. right? <laughs> almost there, man. Right. I'm, almost, I'm almost a full adult. Right. But, uh, well, speaking of those startups, though, the last thing I want to close out with for uh, this session, Jason, is... A, a company to watch. So if there's a business that you want to shout out or, you know, you saw that's been doing something interesting lately or recently, um, you know, especially early stage ones, people that are newer um, trying to get up and, you know, running, we'd love to give them a shout out on the podcast. The, the, um, I'm trying to think about that. Um, I'll share mine first. If it helps. Yeah, share yours. Maybe it'll yes. So I, I'll, I'll, I got a chance to catch up with the CEO of a company called immersed immersed vr and yep. uh it's a techstar chicago company that went through our program back when logan lahai was running it a few years ago and they were way ahead of the curve because they were talking yep. about this stuff back then but what they built was essentially a, a collaboration technology so their their tagline is you can work faster in vr than in real life now i still have to test all this out but i had a chance to spin up one of their 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 workrooms through um the oculus quest store and it's incredible to have five screens, no matter where you are, you have five gigantic screens that are all yours to work from and collaborate with other people in the same room. 
it's 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 really really cool it feels futuristic um when it comes to function you know there's more to report there but definitely a big fan of immersed that's interesting um i'm trying to think of something i've seen recently that's that felt really special you know what i just have um, to check your twitter i'll tell you yeah i'll tell you out. something actually i did recently um let me just get the url exactly right because yeah. it's not a dot com um capiche.fm you know capiche. this c-a-p-i C-H-E dot F-M. All right, let's check it out. Capiche. Oh, look at that. So what's awesome about it is, um, so I was doing this thing where I was telling people like, I, I just hit me up via email with a link and I'll do a podcast or whatever, right? So the guy, I think his name's Austin, if I remember correctly, he's the CEO of this. He sent me an email. Um, he's like, let's do it. I go, cool. And basically it's a way to do podcasts over the phone. Um, so you like dial in basically. You're on a phone, you're on your phone, like just talking to the phone. And then what's cool is, is that other people can call in or text in questions um, and you can bring them in on their, with their voice. It's kind of like talk, talk radio basically, but over yeah. your phone in a way that I've always wanted to, ha- I've always wanted just to like have a dial in number and just start talking to people and have it recorded and live streamed at the same time. It's like basically a public phone call where you can bring other people in um, if you want and or they can text questions in so you can see those and answer them uh, via voice. But it was it looks re- like they already appreciate your acknowledgement, Jason. I've been yes, wanting probably. something like this to exist forever. Jason, oh, I didn't even see my quote on there. Yeah, okay. your quote is literally on the homepage. I just saw that now. I, by the way, I have no uh, affiliation. So I just want to be clear. I'm not, I don't sure. have money in them or anything like that. I was just like, was really impressed. And, and it's something I've wanted to, 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 to exist forever. And it was really smooth. Um, went off. There's a couple little little blurb, uh, blips, but they they fixed them since. And it was like this is really easy. I I might use this thing all the time. So anyway, I was really impressed by that. That's something I think to keep an eye on. I, I think here's, here's my point about this. There's so many things that are just still too hard that shouldn't be. And like if I want to just put my voice live stream my voice on the internet, I've already got something where I can talk into called my phone. Why can't that just happen, basically? Like, why, why, why is that still so hard, in a sense? Like, why do I have to record it and upload it somewhere or have this big studio thing? Like, I've already got, I've got one right here. Just let me talk into it and have it go live and have other people be able to call in where I can have a quick conversation. I think that that, I'm still very much in favor of things like that. Another example of this, give another minute or something. No, of course I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I love you when you question things and then you get heat heated about it a little bit and then you take action on it and then yeah. you demonstrate that through all the th- things that you build and talk about so another, yeah let's do it yeah another example of this this is much uh, much more popular bigger thing right now is but is this thing called cameo you're familiar with cameo of course that's a right. chicago company yeah so cameo well the guy the founder is from chicago i don't know if where they're based cameo now. had a big presence in chicago yeah i don't, I don't so know about Ca- now so cameo is this thing where um you know you can basically pay a celebrity celebrities put their prices up and it's like, you want someone to send a birthday greeting for, you know, 200 bucks, like Flavor Flav will record one for 150 bucks for you or whatever, whatever, right? And it's interesting to me because it's another example of making something that was kind of impossible to do before super easy on both sides. Like it's sort of a little gag gift. If I want to send, you know, like for example, a friend of mine, someone sent like Rob Blagojevich did a little uh, uh, birthday wish for a friend of mine. He sent a little video and, and it's like, how would that even be possible before? Like you'd have to call Rob Blagojevich's people, whoever that is, or Flavor Flaves or, or any, or, or Hasselhoff or any of these people like, 
You'd have to somehow get their agent involved. It, there's no mechanism for them even doing this kind of, it just could basically be impossible to do or like horribly expensive or whatever. But this thing is like these, these, these celebrities or whoever can, can, and they're mostly like B list, C list people, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. They, but the Blagojevich one though, I got to hear yeah. that. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I'll send you a link to it. Uh, you can just see, go, go on cameo and f- search for Blagojevich and you can see his price. Like if you want him to say something to you, you can, it's like 500 bucks for 30 seconds or I don't know what it is, but anyway, Rob, Rob Blagojevich, there he is. How much is it? It is 80 bucks. For how long? get Rob Blagojevich for $80. Yeah, for 80 bucks. For him to, <laughs> and you write a message and he'll say it. And maybe he'll, he'll add a little bit. Now, it's just so interesting to me because it's, it makes something possible that was kind of impossible before. It provides a new business model for people who are sort of the way I heard it described is like a lot of these people had their 15 minutes of fame, but now their 15 minutes of fame can last forever because there's always like someone who wants someone who is famous for a moment to do something for someone. And they're like, I'll do it for 80 bucks. I don't give a shit. I just think it's interesting. It's super interesting to me. Um, So like that, that kind of, those kind of products I find to be pretty fascinating as well. Um, Anyway. I don't know, Jason, I just searched for your name and cameo and you didn't show up. No, sounds like uh, you need to throw your hat in the ring here. Make some more money. Not for me. But, uh, but, but I get it. Uh, I get the idea and I get the appeal and I just find it the model to be kind of interesting too. So anyway. Amazing. Well, I love the shout outs. Uh, Jason, it's been so good to see you. Uh, Glad to have you on the podcast. We'll have to have you back sometime in 2021. Anytime, man. Anytime for you. It's super fun. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for listening. What did you think of this week's conversation? You can find our contact info in the episode notes, or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Neil Salas. I would love to hear from you, and I'll catch you next time. So uh, that was fun. 